and we're live. Excellent. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Oh, it's the quiet bit. It's like I've got a script. Um, hello, I'm Eugene McFadden in the slot they've given me, and pretty much once again, it's going to be amateur hour and a half, roughly. Only this time, as you can see, I've actually managed to upload the things I was meant to upload uh, by the power of turning things on, turn them off again, which, you know, pretty amazing. This is um, Teachers Talk Radio, things and you are now. listening live. Tune in radio.org or the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Is it quiet again? Yeah. So, anyway, today we're going to be talking about what it is to be an autistic uh, teacher or to be a teacher of autism or whatever you want to say. Um, we went to about that last time, but we didn't because we got distracted. You've been oh. listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We're going to talk about being autistic and a teacher last time, but we got distracted. Um, and this time we're going to try not to get distracted, but I wouldn't bet on it. Anyway. So same guests as last time. So that's Heather Greatbatch, who is like way cleverer than me. And G, who is way more garrulous than me, which is a word I've never actually said out loud before. I was going to go verbose initially, but actually G and garrulous. I hope I'm saying that right. We may also touch upon community again. As I've been binge watching that. Um, and we might also sing the I've Got a Theory song from Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, as I found the words and I've shared them. Um, oh, good. People can hear me loud and clear. Um, I was going to turn up my. Yeah, because I'd like basically listen to my own voice in my ears just to make sure I could like hear people or hear myself. And it was really driving me nuts. But anyway, so, so far, I've not broken anything. Uh, Heather Great Batch is going to. And G, and then like they can like tune in now, or just kind of dive in, and we'll go from there, and we'll just kind of talk about what it is to be kind of stuck in our heads, and what exactly happens. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development 
every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb Digital Portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. The Evening Standard reports that the Department for Education has announced new powers to shut down unsafe and illegal schools. The DfE admitted that its previous work on closing unsafe independent schools had been slow. Under the new powers, the Education Secretary would be able to suspend registration of a school where there were serious safeguarding failings which pose a risk. The suspension would be enforced through a new criminal offence where the school's proprietor would be held responsible if they kept the school open. The new legislation will be outlined in the Queen's speech next week, but has already been welcomed by Ofsted's Chief Inspector, Amanda Spielman. A school in Fleetwood has triumphed in an interactive literacy competition involving schools all over Britain. The Gazette in Fleetwood reports on the success of its Year 8 team from Cardinal Allen Catholic High School, who took part in the Word Mania 2022 event. The event was organised by Literacy Planet. Pupils from across the UK in year groups 1 to 9 were challenged to arrange words from a set of 15 randomly chosen letters in three minutes. Although students from over 2,500 schools across 68 countries were involved, the teams were directly competing against those from their own country. The competition was created to support pupils developing a passion for words and language. Schools Week focuses on further delays to the publication of accessible versions of the government's SEND review. It's almost six weeks since the launch of the Green Paper, but it has yet to be produced in British Sign Language and Easy Read versions. This has prompted comments that it has excluded some of the communities it seeks to support from participating in the consultation process. When it was published on March 29th, it was stated by the DfE that accessible versions would be available in early April. Whilst a large print version and braille versions are available, other versions have not yet been provided. Children's Minister Will Quince apologised for the delay in Parliament last week and said he was considering extending the consultation deadline to ensure all voices were heard. 
In Nigeria, Professor Patrick Lumumba, delivering the 30th anniversary lecture of Delta State University, spoke about Africans' need to embrace education to revolutionise the way they think. Professor Lumumba stated that the founding fathers of Africa had embraced colonial education, thinking it would end diseases, poverty and ignorance, but that instead it had been used to divide Africans. In his speech, he said colonials told us our language was primitive, told us that our gods were not God, but if we continue to worry about Africa, we will continue to make mistakes. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, last week I told you about security certificates and how the padlock is not a symbol of a website being secure, but the transmission being encrypted. This week we go a step further and ask how do criminals use this against us? They use something called a subdomain. Just as the prefix sub means below or under, the subdomain is a key to this scam, and it can look legitimate to the untrained eye. Subdomains are a way to divide a website into more manageable chunks. For example, for TT Radio, a subdomain could be named Listen. This would read www.listen.ttradio.org. This could be pointed at somewhere other than the main website, for example, Podbean, and allow simple redirection for the user of the website. The issue we face is cyber criminals understand subdomain system and exploit it. So if I were to buy a domain called bank.com and create a subdomain for all popular banks in the UK or even the world, and obviously buy a security certificate, I could create copies of banks' web pages on each subdomain and the address would read, for example, HTTPS, oh, it's secure, www.halifax.bank.com. The difference being you're now going to a subsection of my website, bank.com, which happens to be named after a bank. I now start a campaign of emails and texts with a warning to as many people as I possibly can. To make you panic and click without thinking too much, I also add a bit of time pressure into the mix. How does this sound? Halifax Alert, you've just paid Steve Woods £500. If this transaction was not organised by you, you have five minutes to log in and cancel. I'm even kind enough to give you the link https www.halifax.bank.com. From there, I collect your login details and empty your bank. Clever, innit? How do we stop this? Always contact your bank directly, not through a link that is sent to you. If unsure, stop and think. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. So, G's not feeling too well. She's, but she's going to still stop and paracetamol and Lemsip or whatever, and she's going to just go for it. She may end up going off on a tangent, which to be fair, I mean, we won't even know it's really, will we? Um, I'm also feeling pretty tired, mostly because today was Flora Day, which is a kind of big uh, event in the town my school is based in. A um, lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot of heat, and I was able to not talk to anyone at great length about what's going through my head which was, wow, this is clearly a patriarchal um, fertility ritual that we're all engaged in. But there we go. So G and Heather, if you want to like tune in or log in or whatever you've got to do to like start talking, we'll go from there. Ah, invite, click on that one there. We sent your invite, good. And, oh, G, are you live? Are you there? Uh, I think so, am I? I can hear you. That's Wee. good. That's, look at that, excellent. Um, worryingly, we were really heavily downloaded last week. 
or last one. That's probably people, you know, just like, that's all of my enemies, you know, taking all of that air. Why can't I think of words already? I know, it's like, yeah, you know exactly it's what Saturday, I mean. it's but, hot. Uh, I know words exactly what are I mean. hard. Ooh, there's Heather. Oh, words are always hard. And words have been quite hard recently. There she is. And Heather's joined in now as well. Pop, there she is. Hi, I was... Hello. I thought I was in, Ooh. but I wasn't. No, but can now you you're in. Now? We can hear you. Excellent. Excellent. How are the words for you? Uh, oh. I'm really tired myself, and I've got a bit of a sore throat, but... I'm not too bad. I'm just resting up. Just had a yeah. doing nothing day today, which is nice. Oh, that is good. G, how are you feeling? Uh, a bit rubbish. Um, I did the obvious thing of kind of like trying to throw myself headfirst into the day. Um, took the boys swimming and then suddenly remembered that COVID existed and that I probably shouldn't have taken them swimming and I should have taken a test. Um, thankfully, I went home and took a test and it was negative, but still feeling rubbish. Um, do you guys do that where you just forget something that massive is actually happening? Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah I was talking to um, fact, a colleague about that yesterday. Um, this week, I got I got completely thrown by the fact that it was bank holiday on Monday. And then um, I normally take my kids swimming on a Tuesday. And then it, and that's at half past six. And then I got to like half past seven and I was like, Oh, it's not Monday, is it? It's Tuesday. It felt like a Monday and they'd missed their swimming lessons. So, yeah, bank holidays are nice for extra rest, but rubbish in terms of routines because, yeah, threw me completely. Oh, God, yeah, routines. Yes, all the way. I've been thrown completely this week for the same reason, except I had, this sounds like a terrible problem to have. I'm sure that everyone will hate me for it, but I had an extra day off as well. Um, Monster. I know. My day off, because I'm part-time, my day off is a Friday and my school decided that they were going to take the Queen's Day in December and since it was on a Friday, I didn't get it, so they asked me which day I wanted to have off and I ended up with a five-day weekend, um, which was brilliant because five-day weekend, but terrible because I ended up going into work on Wednesday going, what's happening, where am I, what's what's happening, What, what... Who are you to everything? Yeah, I had the same thing. I came, came into work on Tuesday. I was like, it's Monday. And on Monday, I thought it was Sunday. And yeah, it's just mm. kind of flowed from there. And by Wednesday, I was tired, like I would normally be on a Wednesday. So I'm not quite sure how I managed to do that. Mm. But, but yeah. So how's everyone been for the last month? Um, busy really busy. I went to New York. Um, I accidentally found myself confronted by the Brooklyn shooter, which was interesting. Um, and then came back and got older. You mean like what, like a birthday? Yeah. I mean, I get older anyway. That's the, that's the passing of time generally, but yes, I had a birthday. Oh, do you feel older now? Mm, uh, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> worrying. I'm, I'm thinking that one day I might actually grow up, but it, it doesn't seem to be have happened to have happened this time either. Yeah, no, I mean... I've what, just, ha- what happened yeah, with I've the shooter? the same. Oh, um, we were... 
it had absolutely nothing to do with me really but we were going to go to Brooklyn and we decided not to because there'd been a, a quite nasty shooting in, in one of the subways and we put it off and everything like that thought nothing more of it thankfully no one died it was one of those things but then um I don't know whether it was a day or two days later um we found ourselves walking down the street and there was a man live streaming and shouting abusive people in the street and I said oh okay shall we leave shall we leave here should we just move over we crossed the street and we, we talked at length about how sad it was that um mental health was such a, a badly provided for thing in in both the UK and the US and um then promptly went straight back to our hotel, turned the telly on and found out that that was the guy who'd actually shot the subway up and he'd been arrested about 45 minutes after we got there. Wow. Wow. Mm. Yeah. It's like a claim to fame. The right oh, these, things, no. these things happen all the time. I was they do telling, them, yeah. I was telling my classes about how I, the one time I visited New York was in 2001 and it was, six months before 9-11 and I've got some photos of me at the um, at the top of the Twin Towers and some photos that I took of the view from the top of the Twin Towers and, and that just kind of blew their minds um, but my, my parents were there literally the week before 9-11 so it was a weird a weird thing for sure. I was there in um, 2002 and I remember that it was just profoundly and awfully sad it just there was this mm really like pervasive of sadness to every face that you looked at. I mean, really like strong and carrying on and everything, but it was just so sad. It's not yeah. like that anymore. It's just, it's, it's, um, it smells a lot different and it's, um, does it still smell of like garbage? No, it smells of weed now. They are very, oh, okay. very, they are very, very into, um, their marijuana right now. Um, it's it's um yeah it's quite a thing it was it was oh, just me constantly yeah I, I, well I, I presume so because they have buses on every corner um but i was just walking the street going i could just smell weed it's horrible i could just it's just it was so sounds strong like, and it was everywhere sounds like manchester yeah to be Very fair sim- i kept, say, I kept saying yeah. i kept saying that it smelled like newcastle city center um but I mean, it depends on what you're into. If if you prefer that to garbage, fair play. I think I preferred the garbage. I think so too. So at least the garbage, you kind of after about five minutes, your mind stops registering it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which, yeah. Oh, and we also saw went... Elvis Costello. Oh, really? oh nice! Like on the street. Yeah. Or... Yeah, he was. Um, um, he was just walking. He was carrying a box. And I went, Elvis Costello carrying a box <laughs> really loudly. Brilliant. As you do. Which goes up with the time <laughs> when I walked into um I walked into Tom York in Ox and was it Oxford or London? London. And I went, Tom York to Tom York. Um <laughs> I, I my, do. my sim- I do that. similar thing is I, I saw super hands from Peep Show in a shop in Brighton. <laughs> And I said, super hands in a shop, but not too loudly, I don't think. <laughs> I said it to my husband. I was like, super hands in a shop. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Great man. I'm, I'm really glad yeah, that well, I'm not the only person that does this. 
I own the rate my life all the time. Like, the more tired I become, the more I just narrate what I'm doing. Like, whatever crosses my skull just comes out. Like, That's been happening a yeah. lot today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, or, and yeah. Or, which is what happened was happening yesterday and was a real sign that I wasn't feeling well, the songs that just narrate what I'm doing come out. So yesterday it was Judas Priest and Breaking the Law, except it was Walking the Dog, Walking the Dog. Over and over again. That happens to me when when I'm when I'm stressed yeah, or too. like getting burnt out. I get these earworms just repeating, and it's usually just it's often not even a recognisable song. It's just like um, just some sort of like riff or melody, just a really short one that just repeats, and it gets stuck in my head. And it's interesting because I don't know whether I think for some autistic people that might be kind of a, a comforting sort of like internal stim thing but I, I haven't decided really whether it's a good thing or not it's mainly annoying but um but maybe if i didn't do it maybe i would cope even less well but yeah that's I, to me. yeah sometimes I'm, t- I'm having a go at a kid or saying something to a kid and i just end up doing it in a song so i'll go <laughs> stop right there thank you very much and then i'm like <laughs> don't say it don't say it don't say it i need somebody oh damn it and it just comes out Oh, yeah, which, yeah, uh, I just, yeah, I just, I can't help myself. Yeah, I frequently, I frequently do that in front of classes um, where I will just end up bursting into song or will continue on or will reenact something. And it's because it's not, it's not me showing off and it's not me acting. It's not me trying to entertain them or trying to do something that will amuse them. It's literally, it's there and it has to come out. Yeah, Totally. I'm almost certain that they think it's like my teaching style or that they think that I'm doing something just to kind of like set them off and then, you know, draw them back in. I'm not. This is just who I am. Yeah, I got that. My kids think my teaching style is, which is basically, I was talking about today as I was doing housework, my teaching style is basically autistic. Um, uh, and no one's figured that out. But I only kind of figured out today that a lot of things that I do, which is just more well, quote unquote not normal, um, the kids are quite, quite entertaining and it works to teach them stuff, which is good, I guess. Do you guys like puns? Oh, yeah, loads of them. But then I'll have to explain the pun and I'll have to say the phrase that was a pun, which is a play on words every time what? I say that. You see, I, I'm almost um obsessed with um like puns you know you know the style of puns that are on um instagram um like the meme ones um i'm quite obsessed with them and i'll i'll pop them oh my god i am so embarrassing um so i'll screenshot them and i'll put them on um the board and like this is ridiculous, but I w- just as like a, you know, like a starter or something where that's t- putting books out and things, I will be like, I want you to explain to me why this is a pun. And they all think that it's like a brain teaser. And in reality, or, or trying to get them to like verbalize why things work and, and how, how a writer has developed something. And really it's a case of, I don't understand the pun and I need them to explain it to me. <laughs> Because cool. every so often there will be one that I just don't get. So the yeah, teaching work, works both ways. Got that. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, a lot of it, I've just, yeah, a lot of my teaching has been basically trying to figure out what's going on and getting the kids to explain things to me, which I'm like, yeah, that's fine. At this point in time, we're meant to play the news and you'll be glad to know that I can't, whoops, sound has become horrifying. How about now, Tabitha? Has that gone better? Or worse? Don't know what's going on there. How is sound out there now in the world? Don't know. Um, yeah, maybe we're playing the news, and as you can see, we're not playing the news because the button isn't working. Uh, if I press this button, we look forward to hearing from yeah. you. That's that. Um, it's not giving me oh, what echoing. Let me. How is that? Crackling, keep talking. Uh, still talking. Don't know what I'm going to talk about now. Suddenly. Um, ooh, one message. Oh, Mended. Don't know what I've done. It's just randomly changed. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, excellent. Carolina says she can hear well. Okay, so I'm going to be hearing the news. Um, I can't make the news work. I don't know why it's not working. So, Has anybody watched the, the news? news? I don't really watch TV. Could we could we like recap it? Things have <laughs> happened. There's been um, there, was, there was elections. Elections. We could sing the news. Let's have that. We we could sing the news. Um, Tories lost seats. Labour did Basically. well, but not quite as well as they could have done. Maybe. Beer gate. Oh yes, that too, and also uh, old lady on a bus gate. Which I think is way more like relevant. Oh, with you, Heather. Um, I don't know. Oh, who was the old lady on the bus? Oh yes, oh, that oh, was the just... one who had the one who had to um, go on the bus because, yeah, uh, because it was too cold at home or something, or couldn't eat at home. Is that right? Yeah, that was it. Oh, Tabitha's Ooh. given us actual serious mm. news. The Guardian has a piece on how the number of male teachers in secondary is the lowest ever recorded. Oh my god, we're actually talking about teaching again now. Oh yeah, That's... yeah. Yeah, <laughs> meant to do that. Oh, I've never I haven't read that. Oh, another new message. And it is Carolina doing a crying, laughing face. And the speculation is because of the decline in real term pay. Oh, okay. So okay, fine. So he's done the news. I'm sure at this point Tom is probably crying, but it's his own fault for like give me a radio show. I think we can honestly say that it's, you know, I'm not quite sure why I got asked to do this. Um, with two of 10 of us, we better get a job elsewhere. I'd love to be able to do that diagonal laugh in real life, says Carolina. Okay, fine. Okay. What were we talking about initially? Right. Teaching. Let's try and get back on teaching. 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 Yeah. So I have spent the last two weeks wandering around humming Daybreak, which is that song from Community where it's, do, 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 you know that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Has Which anyone caught doesn't you? doesn't help. Um, no. The kids just kind of just go with it and they kind of, do I know that song? Like one or two of the kids who, watch, who have watched Community know that song, but that's about it. Generally, everyone else is just been like... I can't remember if I said this last time, but my, my school mug, my, my coffee mug at, at school, hence school mug, is um, a Troy and Abed in the morning mug. Yay. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's a good shout. 
And every time that I have a cuppa, the, the kids are just like, A, one, has that got caffeine in it? Because you shouldn't have that. And B, or two, um, what's that? And so I'm, I'm casually and carefully and just drip feeding community into them. Do you all tend to like push your interests into your lessons? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I think so. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm teaching um, like a lesson on sentence structures and I've got some sentences, then the topics of the sentences will be, you know, I don't know, Star Wars or something. Jaffa yeah, Kings, I did that. Something like that. So usually um, it's sort of about me. Can you tell, can you tell, um, like if you go back to things that you've done in the past, can you tell when it was based entirely on the references that are in it? That are in it? Do you mean like Ooh, lessons? Don't know. Yeah, like I've gone through some stuff that I did a long time ago, but that's come back around as teaching does. And I've started to use again. And I can tell that exactly at that time I was going through a phase where I really, really liked um, Jeffrey Campbell boots. <laughs> and for some reason, every reference was to do, everything was to do with Jeffrey Campbell boots, the liters. It was just a little bit, I don't know why, but it was there all the time. And I could date it and I went, ah, 2012. <laughs> is... I, I've definitely... I've definitely done the the meme thing, so I've, yeah, I'll go back through some of my PowerPoints. Um, I've definitely gone through phases of using memes, but I'm usually about well, I'm usually at least five years behind the kids in terms of knowing what the current memes are. So the kids are usually like, "Oh, that one, cringe," but it, it's often gone down goes down well with year seven. So I, I taught a whole lesson on punctuation through the medium of pug memes, and that was about. 10 years ago so I would definitely be able to kind of pinpoint an era from um from the, the memes and you know the um like the Lord of the Rings memes and the Game of Thrones yes. memes like winter is coming so yeah they're definitely scattered throughout my um teaching resources as well definitely I find that my teacher persona varies upon what I'm like currently interested in does that make sense all right. So, so when I was going for a Tom Hardy phase, I had a slightly more Tom Hardy like presentation, and I'm cool. currently going for a watching community. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And I'm currently going for a community phase, so I just noticed that literally I was teaching. I just had a moment. Where I was going, "Oh my god, my hand is doing what Abba's hand does when he talks or explains things." Wow. So that could this just be sense. me, though. No, I think it, I think that's a thing because. Um... And and strangely, they, oh, I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry. It's I'm I'm going no to have problem. to go down it. Um, do it, do it, do it. My son yes. is autistic, and he is pretty much obsessed with Tom Hardy. Um, and he dresses like him. He moves like him. I mean, he's eight, so he doesn't exactly pull it off. But he he, he <laughs> basically nearly. yeah, he's he's modelling how to be masculine and how to navigate the world based on how tom hardy does it and yeah i do that i think that's i think that's really cool like it's it's brilliant i love it it's it's fantastic and when you ask him why 
he just goes, there's just something about him. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, there is. I agree. That's wonderful. However, I mean, going back to what what you were saying, um, I think we all do that a little bit, don't we? And and by we, I mean autistic teachers, because um, it, it's kind of like the thing that we were talking about last time about the books and how we learn to human. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. I'm sorry, Heather, I totally talked over you there. No, it's okay. I was just going to um, ask if um, either your son or Eugene have a favourite Tom Hardy character. I really like Bane from Batman. Yeah. Although part yeah. of me really likes Tom Hardy in Star Trek Nemesis, even though the film was terrible and Data died. I love oh, that I film, that. even though it's terrible, um, because of Tom Hardy. That was the first time that I encountered Tom Hardy and I thought, I love him. And and then was validated. Yeah. He is okay. just awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. He's quite short I in really real like, life. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like him in um, Taboo. Have you seen Taboo? Oh, I love Taboo. Yes, oh, absolutely. So I, I like that. Absolutely love that. That was kind of a a, a minor special interest for a while, just in terms of how many times I rewatched it and how much I loved it. I wonder if Tom Hardy likes teachers. <laughs> I mean, you could probably play a teacher. Mm. It was, he was really good in that film where he was in a car. That sounds really... <laughs> he's just driving in a car. Not, not, not Mad um... Max, the other one. <laughs> the one where he's just driving in a car, which sounds like Mad I Max. I need more clues. Oh, this is... Oh, this is me being tired. Um, can I go into Google and literally type in Tom Hardy driving in car and I guarantee I'll come up with Mad Max. Tom Hardy driving. Driving film. Lock. Lock? You heard of Lock? I haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, that heard, one. heard of it, but I need to see it. Yeah, it's I just have... him driving in a car. I mean, cool. that's, that's the film. I'll, yeah. I'll have to check check it out. I like I like driving. I like Tom Hardy. It seems like a, a winning combination. What? What's not to love? It, it really is, and it's just him. I mean, people like ring him up and things happen, but like it's just him in a car. That would be easy Which... for Harrison to cosplay. Yes, mm. yes. I got. Uh, yeah, my kids are starting to slowly get into cosplay. Not like I, 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 yes. I don't have it in me to do cosplay because my entire life is cosplay. But um, yeah, it's slowly, it's just because it's, I think it's cooler now or more acceptable now. Yeah, so my, yeah. Like that. my daughter's definitely heading heading that way. So for, for World Book Day, she was um, a character from the Splatoon games. She was um, Pearl from the Squid Sisters. So I really enjoyed like getting the bits together for her costume. So yeah, that's that's good. And she's she's heading towards liking um, cottage core now. So she wants to be like a mushroom girl um, at some point in the future, which is just adorable. That is cottage core. Yeah, it's like um, Google open. Well, yeah, yeah. Have a look on Google. It will give you it'll give you a feel cool. for it. Yeah. Uh, Cottage athletics, also known as farm core and country core. Yeah, it's very wholesome. Oh, I see. Yeah, it looks very yeah. wholesome. Mm-hmm. So you know, of all the types of um, 
cosplay for a, a 10 year old to get into I'm, i am down with that that that's all good <laughs> harrison um harrison went for will book day as uh, eddie brock Tom oh, Hardy's Eddie Brock, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and seems to be going down the route of cosplay in the same way that I would, which is this person appears to be successful as a human. I will look exactly like they do. Um, yes, my my son, yeah. um, he's only seven, but he's 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 developed a definite awareness of Venom, and that's who he wanted to be for World Book Day, but I kind of vetoed that. So he went as a shark instead, but he loves villains so much, my son. He's utterly, utterly obsessed with villains. He, he, he never gets into any of the superheroes. It's always the villains. And it's are like, the villains oh, are cooler? Yeah, absolutely. I so think there was a time when I was a bit like worried about it, but now I'm like, no, it's fine. <laughs> they are just cooler. We've got and a question. We have Go got on. an actual serious question. Ooh. Gee, do you want to read it out? So what's it like to be an autistic teacher? What should non-autistic teachers be mindful of? Oh, that's a really good question, actually. That is. Yeah. Oh, my um, God, I actually want to have a serious conversation. Uh, go on, gang. It's good, I'm just it's thinking, good for keeping us, my... keeping us back on track. <laughs> yes. So I think one thing to be to be mindful of is um, not, being, um, not being offended by us spending much time alone in our classrooms mm-hmm. and not venturing into the staff room because... I sometimes feel like I should be venturing into the staff room to be like sociable and stuff, but I just need some, I need some alone time Time. at lunchtime and I'll eat my lunch in my classroom and it's not me being rude and it's not me being, you know, not a team player or anything like that. It's just like, I just need the peace and quiet. (laughs) It's like, it's a a nice break in the middle of the day. And Mm -hmm. that kind of applies to, um, work social dues as well it's like for years and years I dragged myself along to works Christmas dues and school proms and never ever enjoyed them and it's like recently I've given myself permission to just not go (laughs) and like that is fine um I think I I definitely felt like I should be going to these things but they were so so hard um so yes I would say those two things do you find it difficult to navigate the idea of friend and work colleague because it's like that's Um, two different hats or perspectives yeah yeah I think so um I I probably do like to keep sort of an element of separation so um I tend not to have any I don't anymore I don't tend not to have um, my colleagues on Facebook and Instagram because I think it's I think it's better that way um but you know obviously I do really like and respect my, my colleagues as, as people it's you know yeah. I work with some fabulous people but I find it really difficult because um the people that I work with my colleagues are friends in my department that I definitely see them as friends um I've seen that you know like I, I go to you know I have been to parties you know we'll, we will go around to each other's houses and things like that and um we, we are really quite close-knit but similarly I find it really because we are such a large department I find um the celebration kind of things really difficult um mm. so you know if someone is going on maternity leave or if there is a wedding I am filled with dread because I can't handle everyone all at once 
which seems ridiculous mm. considering I can handle 30 kids in a class. But, but there's rules. Th there are rules and I know what my place is and I know how to navigate that. Um, but then socially with three or four, I can handle that. And, yeah, me too. Uh, but mm. anymore, and it becomes um, almost overwhelming. Um, I've, I've only ever had one meltdown at work and it was mind-blowingly hard it was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me um and and it sounds ridiculous to say that but it was triggered by um it, there was a parents evening and parents evening is already very difficult i don't know how it is for you guys um, yeah it's hard yeah it's, it's easier online it's much yes, easier I wish online I wish it was still online. I, I preferred that so much more. Um, We've kept mainly it. because, oh yeah, Sorry. I wish we had. I think it was, it was mainly because um, the auditory processing. You know, you've, if it's one to one on the video call, that's really easy. But if you're in the hall or in the gym, and it's usually oh, a big God, echoey hall. space, yeah, and there's so many voices, and you're having to filter it out, and and I can do it, but it's it's draining, very much so. And then and you've the got amount... to think about you've got to think about your body language more. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm always painfully aware of of trying not to slip and trying not to, you know, lose my mask a little bit, um, because, it, like it or not, there is a stigma, and yeah, yeah. The the stigma is there, and as as much as we want to be inclusive and as much as we want to be um, supportive of our students and uh, and the like, the fact is, is that we know it's there and some people are not as supportive of someone autistic teaching. Mm. And mm. It's a very subtle thing, but it's there. And I'm always aware that I don't want to come across as being silly or um not quite good enough to teach a child when i am mm. and i do it very successfully it's just this is who i am yeah when i was um you know going through the process of diagnosis and i realized years before i was actually diagnosed that that's what i was um and i was contemplating the, this idea of coming out at work and everything else and I think it was the parents I worried most about when I was considering like you know coming out the coming out process at school because you just don't know you don't know what yeah. people will think you don't know what prejudices there will be and I think I was more concerned about that than about the teachers um and I don't know how many how many of the parents do know I think some of them definitely do because some of the some of the students do many of them do but it's never been an issue since you know since I have been more more open I think I think mate thinking back I don't know if I mentioned this last time we spoke but before I did realize I had some had some difficult conversations with parents on the phone sometimes when my tone came across wrong it's like uh, yeah I, I wasn't thinking about my tone and I think it came across sometimes as really stern or really harsh um mm. and um I, I got some feedback once when I was calling a parent about 
probably the homework or something like that and and I hadn't kind of like softened the call enough at the start with like you know your social niceties and and I think I really freaked this parent out like you know is my child ill is something wrong because I sounded serious and I, I didn't start with you know I hadn't learned to start with oh don't worry everything's fine which my kids school does really well actually because you know when you've got younger kids as well you get a call from school you're like oh my god and they always start with right don't worry everything's fine you know <laughs> they're not hurt this you know this is what I want to talk to you about and yeah I've learned to do that now but I think I definitely got some some parents backs up in the past and it's it, it was a learning curve you know it was something I've, that I've, I've always had a strange situation which is um I think my general persona with with staff has been very much scatty um probably won't hand this in on time um you might have to chase things up with her um which makes me feel pretty bad to be honest um but then the one thing that has always been massively consistent has been that I've had excellent feedback from parents um, and I don't know why I can, I can do, although I hate parents even and because of the noise and the heat, I can do that really well. I can ring a parent and I can connect and on one-to-one I can, I do know why actually, it's because I read people incredibly well um, because hey, I have that's, to. That's not artistic, that's not artistic trait allegedly. Um, mm-hmm. that very um, type, you know? it, the, the thing is though is that for me reading people incredibly well has meant that I can successfully navigate things and yeah. the meltdowns come when somebody reacts in a way that I can't predict um, so for me and it seems if it was going to make it clinical I choose my words and my tone and my actions almost in like a flow chart Yes, um, it's, it's a it's, yeah. a, it's a, a decision tree. That's what I keep calling mm-hmm. it. Yes, like um, it's, it's like if this, if that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's there is a, a level of prediction from a previous experience on what will or may happen, and the percentage of probability of that happening. Yeah, and react accordingly based on that, and it's meant that I'm very good at predicting. Um, responses and I don't understand the responses I don't have the same responses but I can predict them and act accordingly and it's meant that although I've had some really really tricky and this year I have really tricky um, classes I can usually make a connection with students and I can usually make a connection with with parents really well but the difficulty comes in um, in staff, and that seems to be because I drop my guard a little bit, um, and mainly because I'm exhausted. Mm. And so I, I do I do things that are a lot more what would be considered weird, like crying yeah. over a sandwich and having a meltdown. I think I'm more the opposite extreme is which is that I'm I'm kind of very private and I never I never talk about if I'm struggling and it's like I think I I think probably my persona well certainly in the past I don't know about at the moment in the past it's always been that you know that I'm handling everything 
that I'm like, you know, a superwoman that, you know, takes everything in my stride. And it's because I just don't express, um, I don't express my stress. I've got very much like a non-expressive face. And um, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, I just process, you know, I process difficulties internally. Uh, and so people have got this, I think, certainly, like I said, in the past, people have had this perception that like, I'm awesome at everything and I'm perfect and I never make mistakes. And it's like, no, that really isn't true. I'm just like, you know, that metaphor of like the, the swan gliding along the water, but underneath yeah. the, the legs are paddling furiously. That is that is me <laughs> to a T. I get that. I've got in a random thing because of just genetics. I've got a really smiley partner and daughter number one, daughter number three, really smiley. Daughter number two, who's like mini me default face is like just non-expression so all these family yeah. photos even if it was like really really happy it's like me and her with like default <laughs> non-expressive face not saying anything yeah my partner used to be like you know are you happy before, back before she really knew me she'd be like are you happy and i'm like yes this, this is, is my, my happy, happy face, face. <laughs> this is my sad face can't you tell this is my face. <laughs> you know yeah. and now it's just like it's just yeah she's got the idea that actually the face doesn't really move well, it moves, but mm. it doesn't. It doesn't line up what's going on behind the actual eyes. Yeah, um, I think my 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 husband reads more through. He, he really picks up on when if I'm sighing <laughs> or taking a breath. It's like he knows if he knows if I'm about to say something and I decide not to. Or yeah, and and he, I mean he, he reads people very well generally, but I, I know that he picks up on on this, the sighing and the breathing a lot. I think. Um, how do you two find interviews? Really, really hard. Um, again, if I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this last time. Please stop me if I did. But there was there was one time I went for an interview, and they decided to change the role because. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the one that I applied for, it's like their salary didn't match or something. So they said, "Oh, we'll interview you for, for SLT," and I was like, "What? Well, you can't do this. <laughs> You've come along." And, and I was prepared for one role and then they changed it to something else. And that was, yeah, I, I just, I, I burst into tears in, in the middle of the panel interview with everyone there. And yeah, it was, it was hard. And, and again, um, I, th I think there's things that I've, I've kicked myself now realizing that there's things that are on interviews that, um, that I've been like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. So there was one time I went on a tour of the school with two of the students because, you know, you, they give you the prefects and they take you on a tour around the school. And, and it did not occur to me at all that the prefects would be reporting back afterwards on their impressions. I'd gone to this interview and I had one of the worst colds and coughs I've had in my entire life, but you go along because you can't not go along. Otherwise, yeah. you might miss out on the job. And I was feeling horrendous. And I, I just, on the tour part, I took the opportunity to, like, drink some water, not really do much talking, <laughs> breathe. And so I, I wasn't putting on this, you know, animated, enthusiastic persona in front of these students. And they'd obviously gone back to the head and gone, oh, well, she was a bit miserable. And afterwards, I was, like, properly kicking myself, going, yeah, that, that really should have occurred to me, that I needed to be masking at that stage as well as all the other stages as well. Um, so that was pretty pretty grim. When you but, but apply for... Go on. I was just going to say, I think it works. It kind of can work the opposite way. If you, um, if you go for an interview and 
somebody on the panel is like one of us, whether yeah. they know it or not. I think you can click with someone really, really well. That's definitely happened to me um, in one of my jobs. Um, I really clicked with a member of SLT. And then, you know, when we worked with each other, we shared a lot of geek references and special interests and puns. So, you know, and I think that that may have helped. So you actually, you never know when someone on the interview panel might be autistic as well, whether they know it or not. And then there's that thing of you might connect with that person. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's rare. <laughs> I, I think it's only happened once, but that's kind of Would you? a bit of a flip side. Yeah. Would you put it on the application form? No. <laughs> um, Tricky one. No. Yeah. I, um, I, I, whether or not we're debating the whether we should or not and whether it should be an issue because it shouldn't be an issue and, and um, effectively declaring your disability is entirely a, a personal choice and it yeah. should not have any impact whatsoever but I wouldn't feel comfortable I wouldn't feel comfortable putting it on my um on my interview or um, on an application yet um I, I felt very comfortable in disclosing when I was diagnosed but that was because I knew I worked in a place that was incredibly supportive yeah. and um, somewhere that was, I felt I trusted enough to be able to handle that information and, and get the best out of me. Um, but I don't know how I would feel about trusting other people with that information. Um I realised that before when, when Heather, you were saying about um, like coming out, that I haven't effectively done that at all. Um, there are people that know and there are people that don't. I, I talk about it a lot in my own life. Um, I talk about it online. I do talk about it um, at work, but I, I haven't actually said, by the way, I am autistic. I just figured that people would work it out. Yeah, I'm like that. Yeah. It's, it's... I've, I've, I've done it very gradually. So at first, um, I told my head at the time and um, another trusted member of SRT and you know, they were really supportive. Uh, you know, and then I've, you know, I sort of told sort of groups of people like, you know, my immediately, my immediate department and um, the staff in our autism um, resource provision but doing it is really hard like bringing it up in conversation is so ridiculously awkward um, so I think doing it by email or whatsapp or something although it sounds ridiculous can be easier because yeah it's like how can you just bring it up in conversation like oh by the way I'm autistic it's like so it's so, so awkward I like really that. felt like it and I have felt like it a couple of times when we've been in um, meetings around the child or when we've been in CPL. Um, if if something relevant gets mentioned, there's times where I want to go, by the way, um, and, yeah. and I know yeah. that I can't because it's not about me, but also because my experience of being autistic is different from everyone else's experience of being autistic. Yes, we yeah. do have the thing of going one of us, one of us. And there are so many things that we experience that are similar. Um, 
and again, you know, we've always got the double empathy thing. Um, But there are so many of my students that I've taught in the past that experience the world differently to me. And and we aren't a monolith. And people don't get that. No. People think if you are this, you are this. It's like, well, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the um, I mean, if you get, it, it even frustrates me, and I understand why it exists, but it frustrates me when we do CPL, um, or when we get, especially especially when it's external, and people will go, autism is, and give a list of symptoms, and you sit there going, yeah, but it's also, and sometimes it's not that, and, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the CPD that we've had in, in recent years has been great because we have um, we have an autism consultant in our local authority and she's fantastic and um, she, her, everything all of her training that she's done has been very much centered around the voices of autistic people through like video clips and things like that and she uses identi- identity first language which is autistic person rather than person with autism. But I know that not all training is like that. And I know that some people have probably sat through some awful, awful stuff. There was a really, there was a funny moment actually when she did this, we did, she was doing this level one training, which is like an introduction to autism for the whole staff. And she was like, and these are the statistics, which means that probably someone in this room is autistic. And I was like, yep. <laughs> one, or totally. two people, one or two people look like properly like, wow, really? <laughs> it's like, hadn't occurred to them before because people think i think maybe more so teachers they they've got this conceptual understanding of autism in relation to children but not in relation to adults and there's you know probably not that many of teachers that that know an autistic adult that's probably becoming knownly known that's the thing it's the knowingly it's um it's the thing that i think society in general and unfortunately teaching has had this thing where because of proximity and because of um awareness we are really good at understanding children who are autistic and forget that autistic adults are what they turn into and yes yeah and and what we've turned into and i think it's it's a very it's a very difficult one because um, where do they think we go? Yes, I, I have had um, that awful thing of um, somebody me telling somebody and somebody saying, but you're nothing like my five-year-old nephew. Oh, no. And it's like, I, I know this is quite a common experience, but I was mm-hmm. like, why would I be? Why would I be? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. a four-year-old mm-hmm. woman. Ah. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's because people people haven't yet learned to up those dots yeah um, so or realize it's, it's that well meaning it's just oh yeah God. <laughs> Why? it's that yeah i'm not like i was when i was a kid because i've watched a lot of tom hardy movies and therefore i know how to be <laughs> an adult male you know i've read 131 point horror books i know how to be a teenage <laughs> american it's fine yeah, there we go yeah um <laughs> yeah. people yeah people don't do an adopt they don't they don't see the the pathway I remember as a kid, we had to do like, I was like, Miss Wright, 
was my teacher in primary school. It must have been like year two of junior school. We had like a bright little kind of essay about ourselves. And I got a really clear memory because I just remembered it the other day of me going, I'm not like everyone else. Um, and then going off on one. And she was, I remember her reading it back to me going, you're quite insightful about yourself. And I was like, I don't know, I'm not like anyone else. Um, everyone's different to me. And I, that real clear memory that mm. in a class of like 30 kids, I was not like anyone else. I knew. I knew I was different. Yeah. Yeah. And it, saying that sounds, if if my son, my other son, my my neurotypical one, the one that um, I frequently don't understand. If he came to me and said, I'm different to everyone else, I would be like, is that a bad thing? Because I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't be able to see it in any other way other than how I experienced, which was absolutely fine. I, I was completely comfortable with the idea of being completely different to everyone else. And then gradually, as I met people who were like me, it was, oh, there you are. Oh, yeah, you're there. And it was, it's kind of like, you just gradually get almost like a spidey sense about it. Yes. I was talking to um, Tabitha McIntosh about this. Um, whose name I've never actually said out loud before. Um, and I probably pronounced the name wrong. But anyway, um, about the I was going MG to say thing. a name. I was going to say a name earlier when, when she wrote something down and realised that I'd never said it out loud and did just bailed because of that. How would you say her name out loud? Exactly the same way. Okay, fine. Let's go with that then. <laughs> um, I was talking about the, the, the double empathy problem. Not being a problem is actually like, like, like a spider sense to be like, I can tell you're autistic like just straight away i don't know how i can tell but i can tell Mm -hmm. i was having a conversation with a colleague and she was like my daughter's having these problems and i was like let me just look at her yeah and i was like i just i just i never met this kid before and i was just like yeah that that your child's autistic I, i could not say i could not say like how i know it's like it's it it's just a kind of like some subconscious like process just goes and goes and I've, I've thought about it and it's like it's some of it just looking at posture and facial expression and alignment and I just can't so tell many, what it is so many things I call it my ADAR it's like my ADAR, ADAR <laughs> yeah yeah oh, that's a good phrase yeah it really is yeah I was I was listening to um I think it was Dead Tile and Disc or some sort of a podcast with um with Neil Gaiman and um it was pinging a lot Oh, he, yeah, he. I think we mentioned we mentioned him last time, didn't we? Because he, he pings about, massively yeah. for me. Yeah, he, he, he talks about you know taking books everywhere, and even when he was told not to, he would just find books in the house. Another yeah, thing I mean, about Neil Gaiman, sorry if I just jumping in there, is that a lot of the criticism he will get for like his private life or things like that will be mm. around his understanding of a rule, and his his understanding will be completely black and white. Mm. And it might not make sense to other people. It might sound like nonsense, but um, he, he made the decision to 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 leave New Zealand during the pandemic, and his reasoning made complete sense to me. And everyone online was kind of really quite oh. vicious about it, about the the unnecessary journey that he took. And it, to me, it was completely logical. Why, and, why did and, he leave well, New Zealand? 
um, there was some sort of family uh, breakdown and he ended up in Scotland, I believe. Um, but I, I can't remember the exact the exact phrasing of what he said, but to me, it made perfect sense and I, I would have done exactly the same thing. And then I realised that, no, that's not what other people would have done. Would have done. And, yeah, the normies. Yeah, and, and he couldn't understand. He was struggling with the whole um, response to that. And my, my response was very much, okay, I can understand that everyone is angry with you, but uh, yeah, um, I would have done the same I, thing. I have to tell you a random Neil Gaiman related anecdote now about my son. So um, we've been listening to um, Neil Gaiman's North, Norse mythology at bedtime. My oh, I love that. To some, he listens I read to that like two days. To get to, to get to sleep. Like, you know, the, the sea shanties from two years ago, he used to listen to the sea shanty TikTok thing for like six months. Anyway, it's Neil Gaiman at the moment. And so th there's one one of the stories um, talking about dwarves and, and stuff. And the quote from the book is um, fumble-fingered incompetence. And he's picked up yes. this phrase. Fumble fingered incompetence, and we were going to see my daughter performing in a in a, a children's opera, which was wonderful. Um, and I knew that my son would struggle a bit with the with the unknown aspect of it. Uh, he's autistic as well, um, and with singing because he's never really been a big fan of singing apart from specific things. But we've got his ear defenders on, and I was like, "Why don't you like singing?" And he went, "Because singers are fumble fingered incompetence." <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I love how he picks up he picks up these little phrases from here and there, and it's just just adorable. That's so, yeah. what Harrison um, does. That, yeah, yeah. It, that's what Elizabeth does as well. Daughter too, just has these little phrases, which I yeah. had as a kid as well, and which I have as um, an adult. Harrison's recently uh, recently found out that um, the phrase "truth be told" is "truth be told," and um, not what he thought it was. With was um, truth be, tall, um, as in on your foot. Um, so he thought that you had a truthful um, toe. And, oh. the, and his, his reason, well, yeah. to be fair, this, this should really have, have pointed out things to me because I, I have some very bizarre thoughts and have had some very bizarre thoughts that come out. Like, for example, thinking that the Suez Canal was a metaphor. Um, and that albatrosses, <laughs> and that albatrosses were mythical creatures. Um, I had that as well. I had that oh. albatrosses. Was it because of the rhyme of the ancient mariner? Yes, I actually thought it was just like a like a yeah, it was that, yeah. that thing. I, I thought it was a metaphor. Like I made a creature. Yeah. I, I thought because it was metaphorically. Yeah, and so I thought it was mythical. Uh, I mean, it's it's inconceivable that a bird that large can fly for that long. It it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's magic. Clearly, it's made up. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, Neil Gaiman sparked, has sparked outrage after he travelled more than 70,000 kilometres from New Zealand to the Isle of Skye in Scotland so he and his wife could, quote marks, get some space from each other. You see, if it was me and I was in that position and I needed to have space, I would travel to the other side of the world. So yeah, that makes sense. To somewhere peaceful that looked exactly the same as the place that I was already in. And yeah. aside from Ireland, you can't get any more New Zealandish than than the middle of nowhere in Scotland. Yeah, it, well, it made yeah. perfect sense to me. Yeah, I get that. Um, 
So yeah, and he's not going to see anyone in the middle of Scotland, is he? So, um, if we go back to um, memories from childhood for a minute, just skipping back oh, yeah. from Neil Gaiman. Um, so yeah, think things thinking back. Um, I I think I was in year one or year two, and we were asked to draw a picture of a teacher with a small description. I can't remember why it it was a thing. Um, and I drew a picture of my teacher, and she'd cut her hand on a Stanley knife. So I drew a picture of her with the bandage on her hand, and it says, this is Mrs. So-and-so, she teaches us this. At the moment, she has a bandage on her hand because she cut her hand with a Stanley knife. And everyone was laughing, and I was like, why would you laugh? This is true. This is, this is based on factual information. Yeah, so yeah. That, yeah that, that came back to me. Um, I told my, because I'm part of SLT, I told my SLT that I had my autism diagnosis um, right before we had the Ofsted feedback. Um, yeah, we're all kind of sitting. We're all kind of sitting in like, yeah, I know. We're all kind of sitting in like the conference room, like everyone just drained. Like yeah. it's been two really intense days, and I was like, mm. so I got a phone call today. Everyone, I'm autistic. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Absolutely. it. Everyone looked at me. Just, just, you know, just yeah. surprise it, spring it on them. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just like, I can never okay. work out when to deliver news either. It's um. Oh, was that a bad time? Oh, the, oh. yeah. I just, I just, I don't understand when or when it's appropriate. Or I will have if, and it can be something really serious, but I will immediately forget the really serious thing and not tell people, and then go, oh, I'm sorry. Did was I meant to tell you that? Yeah, I forget that people don't know what's in my head. Yes, that's a major problem I have. Oh, shaking that chalk says, were they surprised? Um, <laughs> probably not. No. I've, yeah. But yeah, I often, and I, I'm more, I, I, I'm aware that sometimes something's in my head and I forget that people aren't me, so they don't know what's in my head. Yeah, that's yeah. a thing. I don't get yeah. that much. It's not that I don't forget that they're not in my head. I forget that they don't process things in the same way. So to me, A, B, C... But to them, it's A, Y, D, and my yeah. processing makes no sense. And so for me, I'm just going, it's clearly obvious. Obviously, this is what's going on. And they're like, no, actually, this is mad. And and I just don't understand why that's mad. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. I'm just like, but clearly, like someone, I remember if I managed to annoy someone, it must have been yesterday, and she got annoyed. I didn't realize she was annoyed. And later on in the day, she was like, I'm really sorry for getting angry at you. And I'm like, "You, I didn't realize you were angry at me. So you don't have to apologize. And she was I, like, um, that's why. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I have, I can usually get there, but it takes me hours. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Pret. And I, I went with a, a bunch of stuff. I had loads. I, I kind of panicked and just bought everything and went to the um, counter flung them all down because I didn't have a, um, a tray and he was putting things through and said the, said how much it was and I held what I had in my hand which was an apple and I went I have an apple and he went well I haven't put that through and instead of about at about seven o'clock at night after this happened I realized what he meant was we're going to have to put that through separately and instead, mm. I went okay and left. 
Oh, with the delay. I hate the delay so much. With the apple. Yeah. And so I took all my stuff and I didn't even leave the shop though. I left the counter and then sat there directly opposite it and ate the apple. And, yeah. and we looked him in was, the eyes, he did it. Yeah. Because well, I was, because he kept looking at me like I was really strange. I was like, this man is very strange because he's given me this free apple and now he's watching us eat it. This is just very strange. And then I got home and at about seven o'clock I went, oh no, oh no, it's happened again. Yeah, I get that mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, yeah. Well, I just I just do things and then later on I'm like, oh, that could come across really bad. Mm -hmm. Oh well. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I've oh, oh this is awful. Please oh please judge me, but you know, go ahead, feel free. Um so I was talking um to a, a, a man who thankfully knows who I am and, and what I'm like. And um he'd had a stroke and I ended up saying, I'm really sorry about your brain. And I'd been told afterwards that that sounded really offensive, as if I was just like, mm, well, whatever. But I was being really specific. Why is that? Why is that offensive? This is it. I don't. I still don't understand why that's offensive. Um, no. But it was just his, kind. Of, it's his brain. Yeah, it's stroke. It's yeah. His brain was affected. I'm sorry about it. It's it's you know that's just how it happens. Um, yeah. but that that sort of um bluntness happens again and again but it's not bluntness it's being precise and i think yeah. that's yes. what people don't don't fully understand about us because this is something that happens at work an awful lot it's 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 precise as jasmine's just said there it's not what people say and a lot of the time where i'm missing on misunderstanding something it's because the the euphemisms are too subtle and I'm, I'm unsure. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I find it in teaching, especially, you know, we're, we're told over and over again to deal with autistic children by saying what we mean and being precise in our language. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people, neurotypical people, realize how they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that we, all the time. Mm -hmm. One of the things they picked up in my diagnostic assessment is that I ask a lot of clarifying questions and I'd never realised that. I was, I was never conscious of it, but it's because, okay, there's more than one possibility here. So did you mean this or did you mean that? Um, so apparently have you been, I do that a lot. Have you been told that your questioning is excellent? Um, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I have. And it, it could, yeah. It's it's never because I'm actually trying to use questioning to get something out of the kids. It's always no, just, because I, just, yeah. I, I want them to tell me so I understand. Yes, it's like I remember. It's, it's, yeah, I remember getting sort of feedback on them um, on a course that I was on, which I think was like leadership or coaching or something. And you know, you have to do loads of group work, and it's an it's an absolute nightmare. Um, but I remember getting feedback from one of the facilitators, which is that. I don't say much, but then when I do ch choose to say something or ask a question, it's absolutely spot on. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. It's like you, you save yeah. it up and then, yeah. But I, I don't realise, I don't realise, but apparently it's a thing that in meetings, people don't listen to one another. They're just waiting to say what they want to get across. Mm. Apparently. I, I've been and doing, I'm like, um, I've been doing a lot of, uh, 
like uh, token for learning. Um, What's that? In, in, it's basically where you, you basically use a bunch of roles, um, like building conversation and um, uh, facilitating and summarizing. And you give a bunch of sentence starters to kids and then you talk about something. But and it's, it's quite it's stunting to begin with. But if you give them the rules, they have to then respond. Um, you then have to respond in a way that uh, is like prescribed. And it's, it's oh. after a couple of lessons, they stopped it. And um, they just automatically start knowing how to summarize and knowing how to build upon somebody's argument. And, and it informs then their written work. But it wasn't yeah. until I started doing that that I realized that people don't naturally listen to what each what they're saying or what other people are saying and that they're waiting for their turn to speak. Yeah. But that's and of course, I, that's not. Go ahead. That's not, talk, that's not how talk works. You want to listen mm -hmm. to the person and then in then they that informs your point of view. Mm -hmm. And that's why I interrupt because I'm listening to what they're saying and I interrupt at the point when I, when I have something to say that's relevant to what they've said. Yeah. But again, the interrupting thing. <laughs> Is that chickens in the background? Um, I think it was my son laughing. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. Fine. Uh, I've I've been working really hard today not to say there's like there's like two seagulls outside my window that had really loud sex, and then they've just <laughs> sat down next to one another and now ignoring one another. But anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. That was, I was working really hard. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I have to say the thing now. Um, Go on. So once I was um, teaching in the library and I, I was at the front um, and I was doing my bit, you know, as you do. And I kind of stopped and I went, I'm sorry, everyone. You need to look behind you. Oh, my God. And it was because there was a seagull in the yard, which is not a big thing because seagulls do get in yards. Um but it had clearly stolen someone's Greg's and it had the Greg's <laughs> bag. It tipped out the sausage roll and it swallowed the entire sausage roll in one, like just gulping it down. And we lost at least 20 minutes of that lesson, just watching it. And then afterwards going, that was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And one of the kids was going, miss, can I get my phone out and tell my dad? And I was just like, absolutely <laughs> not, but feel free to at break time. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's cultural capital right there. Oh, uh, even now, even now, you know, the kids, the kids who were involved will go, do you remember that seagull? Yes. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's like, I do find when I'm teaching, I just, I'll get distracted and I'll tell the kids I'm not distracted by something. And I'll say, right, uh, we're going to have a three-minute distraction and then we're going to go back on to the actual teaching. Um, do you find, by the way, that when you're teaching, you narrate that you're teaching? It's like, I'm yes. now teaching you this thing because later on it'll have this impact or whatever. Yes. I, I can't. Yeah, you know when some... Good sorry. Sorry, yeah. Heather. Yeah. yeah. You know when... Oh, have you ever seen people teach where they do the thing where um, the end, the thing they've learned, is like a surprise? Um, yeah, I've, like seen it, I've, I've seen it a few times and it always looks really effective but it makes me feel really really uncomfortable um, yeah I don't like it uh, it really unnerves me and I don't like it because I want to know where I'm going and why I, I don't like magic because of that as well <gasps> I'm really bad at magic shows I keep shouting out what's happening 
Yeah, I just tell them why and what, <laughs> what's happening. I, I hate it. I hate it when people do magic at me. It's, it's horrible because... It's offensive. I, I, mm-hmm, it really is. I would rather crawl out of my own skin than have magic done at me. I feel it. Do you, you two read Discworld books? Yes. Heather? I really should do. <laughs> we have them all in the house. You need to. <laughs> oh. Yes, it's on the to-do list. Oh, they're you really will, good. You will really, really enjoy them. Um, yeah. The order of how you read them does matter. Um, there's, there's preferred readings and there's preferred orders. Yes, um, it's like Star Wars, absolutely. but like mm. more complex. Different yeah. schools of thought, yes. Yeah, I tried, I, I tried to go... Um, chronologically and it, it doesn't work but when you go into the like read these there's quite a few guides online and they yeah and they're perfect yeah I'm, I, 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 I think I'll, I don't go on. I think I will enjoy the, the humor because we did me and my husband years ago went to see a stage play of God's Gods and I remember it just being hilarious so um, oh yeah, I couldn't I, I couldn't watch the BBC adaptation because it was so wrong in my head. We watched one episode and I was just oh. like, the Vimes looks wrong and just turned it off and never went back to it. I mean, that's that's the thing with books adapted anyway, isn't it? It's like, um, did you see that BBC version of uh, A Christmas Carol with Guy Pearce? It was just ridiculous. Uh, no. Just mm. unbelievably ridiculous. Like they invented, they invented like a whole relationship for Scrooge that, that wasn't really there and Tiny Tim like had Tiny Tim had like a skating accident or something and it not one of them was a Muppet so much of it well yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just outrageously mm. yeah, they weren't uh, yeah so yeah when they change things in films especially when it's a book that I really like I yeah, I don't like that I really really like no. um, Paul McCarthy's The Road it's, it's not the most cheerful of books but i i thought it was no. just so brilliant and then yeah in the film again they just put this extra female character in like his wife that you don't really hear much about in the book and all of a sudden she's a big part of the film and i was like well that's not right anyway you you had you had a similar experience with me and the walking dead um because i i read the comics the comics um yes and i, I was big into the comics and then I was just like, well, who's this? What's this person doing yeah. here? And, and more frequently, I mean, as it went on, that was okay because I, I, I learned to accept that that's just how life works um, yeah. and so stopped watching. Um, but uh, there were times where I was going, was shots wrong? And whoever I'd been watching it with was just like, what do you mean the shot's wrong? And I went, the shot's not right. That should have been from the ground. And like having to explain that what you mean is the drawing was different yes and and what i want is a shot for shot remake of the exact comic which um uh, robert rodriguez did really well with tin city mm-hmm. I, I completely completely was on board with that because it was just like i know where i am i know what yeah. to expect thank you yeah i'm really looking forward to thor um love and thunder for exactly that reason some of the shots from the trailer are exactly the same as in the comics. Yes, exactly. That makes me read. I don't mind it when they use the comics and mash them up. Um, yeah. Like WandaVision, I loved because yes. it was two runs being mashed together 
that I really liked. Um, and I understood that, you know, I couldn't just have exactly what I wanted and that was cool. What they did with it was creative and, and fun and I liked that. But but it had the same vibe. If something changes drastically, I'm gone. Mm. It's um, yeah, very yeah. unnerving. I'm watching a seagull preen itself. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just... I'm just like getting tired now, but um, you can tell I can tell I'm like I'm just trying hard not to narrate my entire life. Um, but I do. Did you two grow up? Are the seagulls enjoying it? Jasmine says, "No, it's just preening itself now. It's like a third seagull that's turned up to kind of lure it over the other two seagulls." Anyway, is it true? Um, is it true that seagulls live for thirty years? Don't know. That's What's just Google something say? that I was. Uh, that was something that I was told, and I've just accepted. Um, I find it really sad that octopodes don't live for that long. Like these wonderful, complex creatures, and they've got really short lifespans. And it's really How sad. Long? Like uh, two to five years. There Can is you like... imagine, though, if they had lifespans that were our length, they'd be just too powerful? They would be too powerful, yeah. Mm. you got a lifespan. Um, although there is a long, there is a longer-lived one that lives quite deep down in the um, in the depths, like really far down. It seems to have a slower lifespan. Girls live around 20 years. Um, but yeah, octopus that there's a species of octopus that live quite deep down. Because it's colder, they may live for, for like maybe 10 years, which is quite cool. I like that. I really love that shark that lives for like 400 years. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. I love that we've gone from like not really talking about teaching to vaguely talking about teaching to talking about animal lifespans. But that's how we teach. This is exactly how I teach. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, Jasmine. Oh, thank Lainers. you. Jasmine. Yep. Uh, if you haven't seen this, if you're listening separately. Uh, Jasmine just copy and pasted. Uh, girls generally have a lifespan of around 20 years. Girls are social creatures. And once roof nesting has got hold, other girls will start to move into an area and nest in adjacent buildings. Until the numbers build up sufficiently that a colony is established. We have a colony. We've got a yeah. We've got a col a col uh, a colony. colony of kitty wakes in Newcastle, and um, they live on the Tyne Bridge, but they're protected. And so a lot of people come to Newcastle and go, "Oh, it's covered in it's covered in um like seagull poop," and I'm really proud of the seagull poop because it means the kitty wakes are being looked after, and they are lovely. Yeah. And we should protect yeah. them. I don't know if we still got one, but there used to be. I think it was a. I think it was a peregrine falcon living on top of the Armdale Centre in Manchester, and that was really cool. It was nesting up there for a while. That was really exciting. I'm definitely finding myself being more interested in birds as I get older. I like birds. Very cute voice. I really like when when I'm on break duty. I, I like being outside. That's one of my that's one of the requests that I've made is that my my duties are always outside because you don't want to be in the diner with all the noise and the smells. So yeah, I just wander around outside. It doesn't matter if it's raining. And I just like to watch. We've got some crows. We've got like a big flock of crows. And we've got some gulls. And yeah, I just like watching them go about their business. It's very relaxing. Ha- do you, I mean, do you two enjoy, do you find the out, outside, like, just relaxing, like, just nature, yeah. like, relaxing? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
I don't particularly care about doing things in it. No. So I'm not outdoorsy in the sense of let's go for a hike or let's do this or let's do that. But simply being outside is yes. um, an absolute joy. It's usually because I can regulate my temperature there. And, oh, God, yeah. Um, sounds are muted. Um, mm. It's much more soothing. I could, I could not have survived the COVID lockdowns um, working from home without having a garden. And I just remember a lot of the, a lot of the time just sitting on the back step, just breathing in the fresh air and just looking at the trees. And it's not really a big garden at all. It's just a, a little, little bit of green space, but it's so essential. Um, we were talking and... about that last week. Um, and my partner is neurotypical and he, um, he's a tour manager. Um, so what he does is he's used to having groups of people in which he's responsible for getting them into a place by a certain time, having um, to organize and make sure that everybody has everything and, you know, all of these things. And I cannot do any of those things and also um, find the inside very overwhelming. And we realized when we were talking about it that what we did over lockdown was that um, that we we basically reverted to our, our roles, which was um, he would organize walks outside. And I didn't even realize he was doing it. But what he was doing was he was going, right, have you got this bag? Have you got this? Have you got this? Have you got the other? We are walking here and we need to be here by this time. Um, right, let's go, let's go, let's go. You've got your drink, you've got this, you've got the other. Here's your sandwich. Um, and he was basically tour managing a walk um, because he needed it. He needed that that stimulus. Yeah. And meanwhile, while we're going on the walk, I was going, did you know such and such? Have you seen yes. this? Can you tell me X, Y, Z? And I realized that I was just going on a long walk and teaching everybody. Um <laughs> And yeah, do that you was... find yourself facting people? Oh, I'm a, I'm a terrible, apparently I'm a know-it-all. Um, yes, yeah. But it, it is just, I love facts. Yeah, me too. So does daughter number two. Me and daughter number two just fact at one another. What's that? Yeah, that was, I've just had it, I've had it, uh, uh, what was that, darling? Uncle? Yes. Do you want to go downstairs? Uh, and I'll be back in a second. I, I did um oh, sorry. Village. That's okay. okay. I can handle that. And it got on my sock. Oh and no. My, and, and I got my sock very wet. Oh that's terrible. Do you want to Even take it off? Even my jumper. Even your jumper. Well your sock seems Look. to be the issue that's the main Look. thing, isn't it? Oh I see it. Do you want to take that off Even and put it in this one? take both of them off and put them in the wash basket and then I will meet you downstairs. Yeah. Good job. Um, and my jumper. No, just your socks. I'm my jumper. Very, Woody? Very Woody, do you remember that I was on a phone call? Yeah. Can you go and do that for me? Good boy. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events 
aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us... You'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. The Evening Standard reports that the Department for Education has announced new powers to shut down unsafe and illegal schools. The DfE admitted that its previous work on closing unsafe independent schools had been slow. Under the new powers, the Education Secretary would be able to suspend registration of a school where there were serious safeguarding failings which pose a risk. The suspension would be enforced through a new criminal offence where the school's proprietor would be held responsible if they kept the school open. The new legislation will be outlined in the Queen's speech next week, but has already been welcomed by Ofsted's Chief Inspector, Amanda Spielman. A school in Fleetwood has triumphed in an interactive literacy competition involving schools all over Britain. The Gazette in Fleetwood reports on the success of its Year 8 team from Cardinal Allen Catholic High School, who took part in the Word Mania 2022 event. The event was organised by Literacy Planet. Pupils from across the UK in Year Groups 1 to 9 were challenged to arrange words from a set of 15 randomly chosen letters in three minutes. Although students from over 2,500 schools across 68 countries were involved, the teams were directly competing against those from their own country. The competition was created to support pupils developing a passion for words and language. Schools Week focuses on further delays to the publication of accessible versions of the government's SEND review. It's almost six weeks since the launch of the Green Paper, 
but it has yet to be produced in British Sign Language and easy read versions. This has prompted comments that it has excluded some of the communities it seeks to support from participating in the consultation process. When it was published on March 29th, it was stated by the DfE that accessible versions would be available in early April. Whilst a large print version and braille versions are available, other versions have not yet been provided. Children's Minister Will Quince apologised for the delay in Parliament last week and said he was considering extending the consultation deadline to ensure all voices were heard. In Nigeria, Professor Patrick Lumumba, delivering the 30th anniversary lecture of Delta State University, spoke about Africans' need to embrace education to revolutionise the way they think. Professor Lumumba stated that the founding fathers of Africa had embraced colonial education, thinking it would end diseases, poverty and ignorance, but that instead it had been used to divide Africans. In his speech, he said colonials told us our language was primitive, told us that our gods were not God, but if we continue to worry about Africa, we will continue to make mistakes. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, last week I told you about security certificates and how the padlock is not a symbol of a website being secure, but the transmission being encrypted. This week we go a step further and ask how do criminals use this against us? They use something called a subdomain. Just as the prefix sub means below or under, the subdomain is a key to this scam and it can look legitimate to the untrained eye. Subdomains are a way to divide a website into more manageable chunks. For example, for TT Radio, a subdomain could be named Listen. This would read www.listen.ttradio.org. This could be pointed at somewhere other than the main website, for example, Podbean, and allow simple redirection for the user of the website. The issue we face is cyber criminals understand subdomain system and exploit it. So if I were to buy a domain called bank.com and create a subdomain for all popular banks in the UK or even the world, and obviously buy a security certificate, I could create copies of banks' web pages in each subdomain and the address would read, for example, HTTPS, oh, it's secure, www.halifax.bank.com. The difference being you're now going to a subsection of my website, bank.com, which happens to be named after a bank. I now start a campaign of emails and texts with a warning to as many people as I possibly can. To make you panic and click without thinking too much, I also add a bit of time pressure into the mix. How does this sound? Halifax Alert, you've just paid Steve Woods £500. If this transaction was not organised by you, you have five minutes to log in and cancel. I'm even kind enough to give you the link https www.halifax.bank.com. From there, I collect your login details and empty your bank clever in it how do we stop this always contact your bank directly not through a link that is sent to you if unsure stop and think as always don't forget to check out the tt radio 2022 twitter feed tell us what you want to know about tech i'm steve woods and that was two minute tech two minute tech with steve woods your tech briefing on teachers talk radio sorry about that that's okay that's very cute he is very very sweet He's um that's that's my neurotypical child. Um he's he is effectively a Disney character. Oh, I've got a question. Did your partner know about your autism when you met? Um no. Because no, I didn't neither. either. Um no. No, me neither. Mm. And but it's interesting. Oh go on. No, go on. Um you go ahead. Um her brother is quite heavily dyslexic 
and I once gave him an ADHD Connors test, and it was like, oh my god, you're clearly, you've clearly got ADHD, Caleb. Um, but anyway, so it was quite interesting. That her brother was that way, and yeah. now she's with me. So there we go. I my, think it's. Uh, I think my... it's quite. Sorry, I'm just gonna just gonna mute myself. No problem. That's okay. That's okay. I was just saying, my uh, my husband is very ADHD, not formally assessed, but um, yeah, I think we're very different, very very different. But I think we, it works somehow. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the main. I think I mentioned this last time. Yeah, you know, the main sort of challenge is he likes to talk a lot more than I do. I can go for a very long time without talking to anyone yeah. at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't know. Uh, and it's like we've both come on a bit of a bit of a journey, but um, I think I, I think a, a lot of our mutual friends are. In fact, it's it's a definitely a thing um, with more people being sort of more open about you know being neurodivergent is that you, you start when you start being open, you get like messages from people going, yeah. So anyway, I've been starting to. <laughs> mind if I ask you a yeah. question about autism and I've had like a number of those messages now and, and like yeah quite a few of our mutual friends from over the years are um yeah one of us as I was saying before and I yeah. think we do we definitely do flock together you know sort of yeah. like geeky, geeky people gothy people um people with shared interest and stuff so yeah it works that, that fixations it's funny because like a lot of my yeah. partner's friends I meet them and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you like me, yeah, really clearly. So she's like almost destined to be with someone like me, which is quite funny in its way. Yeah. Um, but I do blame her brother. Although maybe it's her dad, who was a very, very clever man um, with like a, like lots of degrees in chemistry and other things, who end up being a fisherman because why not? Um, oh. So... Yeah, and you know, just yeah, it's quite yeah, interesting background. Um, so theoretically, at this point, we should be wrapping it up. Oh, George has come back. No, she's gone again. Oh, sorry, she's back. that was she's that gone. was just um, okay. I was having to um, navigate whether or not we were playing out. Uh, are you playing uh, out? We are, in fact, playing out. Nice. This is lovely. This is a new thing, in that um, my uh, autistic son. Um, I'm going to start introducing him as that. Um, I'm going to start start going, hello, this is Harrison, my autistic son. Um, has Basically, he's had um, a lot of uh, social skills um, groups at school, and the school have been amazing. Right. And he's been running them and like choosing who's coming and doing them, and they've been doing them in groups of three. And it's meant that for the first time in his life, people are um, knocking on the door to ask if he's playing out. And it's, it's amazing because he is a really sociable little chap. Oop. Oh, stop, stop barking. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, we've just had a knock on the door. That's it's really amazing. cool. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel really my, happy for my you. Da- my daughter's recently made friends with a girl who lives nearby, doesn't go to doesn't go to the same school but is also neurodivergent and yeah they've just hit it off really really quickly 
they um they both like playing the sims and various other games and they're both just yeah they're like two peas in a pod and that's really yeah. cute and and it's helping a lot with her anxiety because this friend lives literally just around the corner from ours and um my daughter struggles a lot with separation anxiety and being away from her family but like with her friends she will happily independently walk around to her house you know with her and then come back and be out and about and it's lovely it is really really lovely oh that's lovely um to see that that is really that nice blossoming yeah i have hope oh I'm yeah being followed by the it is nice. it is very very hopeful it's 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 i think i think in a lot of ways they're gonna find it easier yes yeah yeah i hope no i, I think, think so because because we're raising our kids to have that self-awareness that, that we didn't have and to recognise aspects about themselves in a positive way. Yes. That, you know, that we might yeah. not have had that experience. Um, it's refreeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my daughter's part of an online community called Spectrum Gaming and I'm a volunteer for those guys as well and it's a wonderful, wonderful charity. So they have a Discord server and they sort of interact with each other on that and share memes. And a lot of the time it's memes about autism and like, you know, relatable things. And it's are, just, are they yeah, cool memes? Thing. Uh, I don't know whether you classify them as cool, but they're, they're relatable. So I've started doing it. If I come across like memes about being autistic or having ADHD, I'll send them to her and she shares them with her online friends. That's awesome. And it's, it's lovely. And they play Minecraft together and they have Among Us competitions. And yeah from all over the country so it's it's fantastic That's lovely. Highly, we've just highly um, recommended although he hasn't started yet we've just um got um harrison's brother um into a support group for um uh siblings of neurodivergent oh, right. children Ooh, um, that sounds oh. really good yeah and the reason is is that um quite frequently and, and i don't i don't know whether people outside of neurodivergent families realize this that quite frequently um, the siblings of um, autistic children can be classed as carers, um, young carers. Yeah. And it's because um, the qualification on that is, is the idea that they, can, they, they have to adapt their everyday life to help support their sibling. And Woody does have to do that. For me and Harrison, there are things that he has to not do and there are things that he has to do to accommodate us and we try to advise, you know, do that vice versa, but there's times we can't. Um, and it's wonderful to find a group that he's going to go to and be able to do things that are just for him and the, yeah. with, with other kids that understand and can help support him and have that little network with. I think that's lovely. That is really lovely. Um, we're actually... On that really lovely note, out of time, um, I'm going to try. I'm going to press the button for the fadey out bit. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about, which we didn't get to. Well, actually, there's loads we didn't get to because I wanted to kind of get back to shaking it chalks like question. But anyway, such is life. Um, was it autistic inertia? Have you heard of this? Oh yes, yes, that is a thing. Yeah, yeah. I only came across the concept about two weeks ago, and it's just like, oh my god. Can this you explain like, it to me? Light, oh my god. Light bulb moment. Yeah. So it's um 
go on. No, <laughs> well, it's what I want, I heard is. Go on, you go, you go. You, 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 you get sort of stuck in a rut, and it's to do with struggling to change tasks. So if you are sort of spending some time relaxing, it's hard to get going again. Or if you are, I mean, it's kind of the, uh, it's kind of the counterpoint. It's kind of the counterpoint of hyper focus because you know you can be hyper focused on something and you can't stop doing it. You know whether that's work yeah. or whatever. But then the the flip side of that is you can't start things sometimes. So I I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have so ADHD. Yeah, so it's, that's, it's, that's an it's, overlap, big overlap yeah, there. That's, yeah. that that's just ADHD for me. <laughs> that's um yeah. Mm. So I saw a really good. Cartoon. No, I think Eugene, you saw it, didn't you? Yeah, the cartoon. Yes, so good. It yeah, explained yeah. it really well. Yeah. Yeah, it's what is it? It's an autistic. An autistic in in motion stays in motion. An autistic in rest stays in rest. That's the. Yeah. It's yeah. that. Um, totally. I've given it to a few parents of like kids at work, and they've been like, "Oh my god, this is my child." But yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So now we're obviously in a typically chaotic way. We are over time, so such is life. Okay. I'm sure we'll edit it down. But it's been really good talking to you both again about and you too. really random stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, I, mean, I do enjoy like kind of like our like uh, therapy sessions. We're gonna call them therapy yeah. sessions. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> getting yeah, get getting off all of our like faking being normal angst um, mm. that we have. Um, I think I do have some of that actually, because um, it's tiring trying to be normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, but it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm now going to press that button, and then that should play us out theoretically if nothing else goes wrong. What do you reckon? Is it going to cool. work? Fingers crossed. Cool. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much, gang. I will catch you on the um on the DMs. Take care. Enjoy the sunlight. Yeah. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.